0: Welcome, in everybody, to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, joining you on episode two this week of five. Downloaded into your phone whenever you subscribe and wherever you subscribe to Locked On Eagles, we are available on all platforms five days a week. It can be Google Podcasts, Apple. Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we are available. And then on Twitter as well at LockdownBirds at DBOuse L O E at G C twenty four. Underscore football. It's a Tuesday edition of the show, so we've got another one on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And Gino, this is the last week that we have to go without the 2021 NFL draft. We are a little over a week away. It's a week from Thursday. Next Thursday, the 29th, is round one. And while I absolutely love draft season, man, I love doing all this coverage right when the regular season stops, you know, when the Eagles aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, we talk free agency, we talk internal moves, they fired their coach this year, traded their franchise quarterback, so we've had a lot to talk about, but we kind of start off the draft pretty quick with the Senior Bowl right at the start of the new year and everything, so we've been at this for a while, and I'm kind of just ready to see some results seriously
1: man i'm ready to and people just want to see sports is what it comes down to and people just want to see the draft and we're ready for it i think we're ready to get back to normalcy Mm -hmm. ready to see it take place in a a normal venue where we see these teams in their draft rooms going to be fun to see the interactions again when the coaches make the call i love those behind the scenes videos once they make the pick you see the coach pick up the phone you're going to see nick Sariani talking to the pick you're going to see howie roseman talking to the pick jeffrey lurry and how excited those guys are get in the building Mm -hmm. when they get their selection and when they get their guy and ultimately at 12 they have to get the guy that works best for this team and we're looking at it right now we have a chance to completely overhaul this team with this draft and I firmly believe that you can get three to four potential starters in day one and two and if you hit you can hit big this year
0: yeah hopefully man and right now that player is at number 12 but They might not be sitting at 12. They went from 6 to 12 with that trade with Miami, but... We heard last week that Roseman was looking into maybe trying to trade back up into the top 10. He was also considering a trade down. That's what I did, actually, in our My Guys mock draft yesterday. I moved down quite a bit in the first round, so you guys can go, again, check out that episode. Me and Gino both did a seven-round mock draft, and in each round, we kind of took our My Guys, if you will, the prospects that this year we are pounding the table for, the ones that we really want the Eagles to take on both offense and defense. So we've kind of speculated every which scenario, moving up, moving down, moving back into round one. We've got into it all, but then today we kind of got some more substance to this speculation. Just about 30 minutes ago before we started recording, Adam Schefter tweeted out that the Carolina Panthers are seriously looking into moving down from that 8th overall pick. And again, Gino, the Eagles were rumored to be interested in moving back into the top 10 last week. And again, we talked about yesterday, what would you rather do? You know, give up a pick to go get J.C. Horn? You know, guarantee you get one of these four. J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, Jalen Waddle, or Devontae Smith? Or would you rather take a guy at 12 and or move down and then maybe move those extra picks by getting back into round one? It's an interesting conversation, but I'm kind of in for either, man. I'm cool with it. If you, I can't imagine going from 12 to 8 is going to cost you more than one of your third round picks or a fourth round pick. And to guarantee one of those corners or receivers, I'm in on that. I just want to make sure we get a receiver or corner in round one. That's really my focus right now. And if getting to 8 helps you get your guy... Then go do it. I mean, go get your pick of the litter for once. That really hasn't happened in you know quite some time.
1: It kind of is the message of our last two shows of getting your guy, and and the reason we pound the table for these guys. And I think you and I, especially for this show, we kind of tend to mold our brains when we're looking at these prospects. Mm-hmm towards the Eagles and skew them a little bit more that direction. But at the same time, you can look at it from the holistic view of the NFL and where you're going to put these guys. And when you look at it, I think the big discussion today is, yeah, if they're at 12, right, Lou? And you're at eight and there's four guys available on the board that you have as tier one players, I don't (laughs) think you're going to move back. And if you're sitting there and there's only one, of your tier one players there, and you have a chance to go up to eight, then things might get groovy. Then you might be boogieing, and Howie Roseman might be making those calls, which he will be anyway, but he might be a little more ambitious to do so. I really think if I were to put odds on it, Lou, that they have a better chance to trade up from pick 37 than they would from pick 12. Because Hmm. the way I think about it is there's going to be so many people targeting those picks in the top 10 this year because there's so much – There's so many question marks surrounding it that we don't know which way it's going to go. And once the dominoes fall, it might be a little too much for the Eagles to get involved in some of these bidding wars with teams that are moving up to get a quarterback because when it comes down to it, the Eagles aren't going to pay quarterback prices to go up and get a wide receiver or a cornerback.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it does depend on where the quarterbacks go because like you said, if there's a quarterback, if Trey Lance slipped around towards eight, you can't compete with those prices but if you are moving up and all the quarterbacks are gone, then I do think the value could be reasonable at three or four. I mean, ideally, man, you want one of those four guys at 12 and then like you said, you can move up from 37 so you can use those extra picks to go get a second first round prospect but if it comes down to sitting at 12 and taking like a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman versus going up and getting like I would prefer sitting at 12 getting one of those guys coming back in from 37 or even moving down and taking like Rashad Bateman and then coming back in and getting a corner I would but at the same time I would rather move up than sit there at 12 and not get a receiver or corner. I'm very committed to those two positions because I think they're your biggest needs, both short-term and long-term. I really don't get why. I've been seeing this a lot on Twitter the past few weeks when there's been speculation about Howie wanting to move back in. Everybody's like, well, you were just in the top 10. What was the point of moving back? The Eagles got... A ransom. I mean, they ripped off Miami, I think, Gino. Moving down only six spots and collecting an extra first-round pick next year, Like that is incredible value in a return to move down. And so just because you're trying to get back in, like you're not going to give up that same value again. You're not going to have to give up a first-round pick to move up four spots. You're essentially, I love it, because let's say you move up to eight. You're essentially getting pick eight and a one next year, Over staying at six and still having that extra third or fourth this year that you would have gave up from moving from, you know, 12 to eight or sitting put at six. So eight and one and a one next year, I think is ideal. So I'm not sure why people aren't in for a potential trade up based on them moving down. I think that logic, I mean, Howie, you can kind of have your cake and eat it too in this way. You'd get an extra first and get back into the top 10.
1: So the way we just looked at this whole thing too, Lou, you have to look at it from the perspective of a trade on draft day versus a trade a couple weeks before the draft because when it comes down to it, the day of the draft, teams aren't willing to give up as much because the teams don't have any leverage. Yeah, value changes for sure. You're on the clock. You've
0: got to make a move. Yeah
1: deadline spur action and that's what it comes down to and i had tweeted this out uh, about a week ago or no actually a couple days ago here um if you want an example from the past couple drafts here of a trade-up from around 12 into the top 10 this was back in 2016 when chicago moved from 11 to 9 to get leonard floyd they gave up 11 and 106 to get nine mm-hmm. so say philly's there right lou and yeah. denver or carolina want to give up eight or nine could they get to twelve with giving up one twenty three and one eighty nine, or even that eighty fourth pick, and you get a sixth or seventh in in return as well? Sure, I think that's completely plausible because when you're there and guys want to move out and say it, all those quarterbacks are gone, and this and Carolina is just desperate to move back because all of the guys that are their tier one players are gone. They might say, hey, we'll give you a bargain. Like there's a chance that you're not going to give as much up as you were. The day before the draft or even before they were on the clock. So you just wait until that deadline spurns the legitimate action from any one of those teams, Mm -hmm. which on draft day tends to be a lot less than it is a
0: month before the draft, as we saw when we traded up for Carson Wentz. Let me lay out a scenario for you, Gino, before we hit a break. And we're going to actually have some fun today. We're going to get into some Eagles draft trivia in segment two and three. Me and Gino both came up with uh, five trivia questions for each other. We'll try to answer. So that'll be fun coming up in segment two and three. But while we're talking about moving up and down the board again, as we have been doing the past few weeks since there's been rumors the Eagles are looking into it once again, making moves, Howie Roseman normally does not stay put. And so here's a question for you that I kind of posed yesterday to the listeners Would you rather, obviously, again, the ideal scenario, you sit at 12, you get one of those Bama guys or J.C. Horn, and then you hopefully come back up from 37 and grab the corner, receiver, whichever position you didn't take, right? Like That's an ideal scenario. But if it comes down to moving up, let's say from 12 to 8, and taking your guy, Devontae Smith, or again, one of those corners or Jalen Waddell, versus what I did in yesterday's mock draft, I moved down. I took Rashad Bateman, then I came back up and took Asante Samuel Jr. Of the two scenarios where they either move up or down, like what would you rather have, a Tier 2 receiver and corner in this first round, or would you rather guarantee you get one of those Tier 1 players at that position and then stay at 37?
1: Quality over quantity, the mm-hmm. lifelong conundrum that many of us look to solve in every aspect, but especially in the NFL. It's it's the double edged sword of waiting around like we did last year, Lou. I think last year is a perfect example. Would you rather trade up to get seeding Lamb, or would you right. rather sit around and get Jalen Hurts and Jalen Rager? Right. And that's what true. they yeah. did last year. Good point. So, we can learn from history and learn from our mistakes. And Mm -hmm. if Kyle Pitts or Jamar chase is there at eight, you move up and get them this year. You do not let that same mistake happen because you have to get that tier one
0: player. And I do love the idea of like Bateman and Samuel back to back. I will, I would like that way better than just staying at 12 and taking Rashawn Slater, but I'm kind of with you now. I want to just get, I want to finally have our pick of the litter and you're not going to have it like you would have at six where you could have took chase or Pitts if they were there, but if you move up to eight, you're going to still have your choice of a couple of those guys. I think at least two or three of Smith, Horn, Waddle, and uh, Sertain will be there. So it's an interesting discussion, but now we're getting some substance to it. Adam Schefter, just like 40 minutes ago, tweeted out that the Panthers could be looking to move down from pick eight. The Eagles are at 12. They've got a couple extra first uh, third round picks and some uh, some other picks in day three. They could move. So we'll keep an eye on that for you right here. I'm locked on Eagles coming up in segment two and three. We're going to do some Eagles draft trivia with just a week away before the 2021. NFL draft. I'm going to quiz Gino on some birds. Let's see what his uh, draft knowledge is. We all know it's pretty good with prospects, but let's go into the history books now. Coming up next right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. And guys, it's sponsored today by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but you've got the draft to bet on. you got draft props. You've got the NBA. You've got the NHL all in full swing. And you can even bet on awards. TV shows and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you're going to receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code That's LOCKEDON. That's L O C K E D O N for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sports book experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of Locked on Eagles. Guys, after the show, make sure you subscribe on any podcast platform or on the Odyssey app. We're doing our Locked on Ultimate Mock Draft and it's just an incredible production that the whole network has put together. Episode 1 dropped yesterday, picks 1 through 5. Today is picks 6 through 11. And then, Gino, me and you kick off Wednesday's show with pick 12, and I think Eagles fans are going to like the prospect that fell to us at 12. So it's going to be a fun show, and we've got a whole other week of them coming up.
1: I'm honestly excited, and I think if our listeners listen to the picks that have been made, they might be able to piece together a pick, but we're not going to give anything away. I will just say... Once we saw the board fall, Mm -hmm. I got to my phone and called Lou right away and said, "We got to make this pick." So I'm excited to make that selection tomorrow. I think everybody will be happy. I think whoever's going to be talking about it, whether it's Michael Irvin, which would be fantastic, whether it's (laughs) Almanzo Segura, I mean, whether it's Baldy, it it would be fantastic to hear any of these guys talk about it. I'm honestly scared that we messed up, Lou, but I think we'll we'll hit it out of the park like we did last year with DK.
0: Yeah, look, I, I love the three picks we. We've done doing Locked On NFL Ultimate Mock Drafts. We did DK Metcalf. Then last year was Brain and Ayuk, and this year it's Devontae Smith. Hopefully the Eagles follow suit and take one of our guys because we're two for two when it comes to taking receivers. And we'll see what happens this year with number twelve. Did we go receiver? Did we go corner? Offensive line? Defensive line? Find out. Again, we've had shows the nineteenth, today the twentieth, and through the twenty sixth. We have the Ultimate Mock Draft twenty twenty one presented by Locked On. And Odyssey, as Gino mentioned, we've got NFL experts from Michael Irvin on the show, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger, and of course, all our local experts making the selections pick one through 32. All right, Gino, let's get into some trivia now. We both before the show came up with, I thought this would be a fun segment, kind of take a break from all the speculation and take a look back at previous Eagles drafts throughout the franchise's history. I came up with five trivia questions for you here in segment two, and you did the same thing for me in segment three. So I want to start this up. I have this giant Eagles encyclopedia next to my desk. I'm not going to read it, but I I think you should uh, do pretty well here. I think you're going to do well.
1: Yeah, I was always that kid that would just name like random facts about random sports. My friends would <laughs> be like, say- What are you <laughs> even talking about? Like I I I would be the kid who would watch like Australian rules football on like Yep. A Friday afternoon when I get home, and then I would talk about that game. Like, what do we reach into the choir,
0: man? Like, I, my, if I had a superpower, it would be naming random NFL players and what school they went to. Like, that's <laughs> that <pertained me>. no, <laughs> that has no yeah. outside of that sport. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, that's okay. So, that's both of us. So, I think we should do pretty well here. Let's kick it off. I have my first question for you, and it's on the defensive side of the football. We know the Eagles don't really prioritize the linebacker position, and they really haven't throughout their franchise's history. I want to ask you, how many linebackers do you think the Eagles have selected in the first round in their franchise's history? And you'll get some bonus points if you can name the year slash years and the player or players that were selected. Again, they don't go linebacker a lot in round one, maybe ever. Do you know who the picks were, if there were any? They were both in the 70s. There's two players, 1970 and 1979. (sighs) One, I did not know his name. I think you'll know the guy from 79, 1970. I, apparently, he was the sixth overall pick.
1: <laughs> really? I, I know Ruben Frank tweeted this out like two weeks ago. Don't I worry. It this is the head.
0: hardest one I gave you. I just wanted to start off with some linebacker, though. All right. Give it, Trust it to me. me because, easy. you know, it, we're not going to pay much time to this on the <laughs> linebackers don't matter show. So Steve Zabel was in 1970. He was the sixth overall pick. And then Jerry Robinson was picked 21, and not, that's it. Though in 1979, they have not taken a linebacker in the first round since 1979, and they only did it one other time. So it's not just Howie, man. This team never takes linebackers. It's incredible.
1: Ever, they're just somebody must have put a curse on Philadelphia <laughs> when it came to that position, and anybody whoever would have their name called in the first round, it just it's not going to happen.
0: All right, man. This one's a lot easier for you. At least I think so. I think you'll get this one. It's in our lifetime. One Eagles rookie has ever surpassed 900 receiving yards in their first year. Who was it? In what year? Deshaun Jackson. That's right. 2008. 912 yards. Hang on. How many yards did Jordan Matthews have his rookie year? He had like 800. Jordan Matthews only had 900, I think, in 2016. Eight hundred and seventy-two and twenty-four. Oh years. my gosh! I knew, see. I knew I was on the right track.
1: Okay, <laughs> with, I, with I had Sam the second Bradford. closest.
0: <laughs> so here's a funny uh, fact about who was below Deshaun Jackson. Keith Jackson in, in 1988, he had 869 yards. And I was looking this up. I didn't realize Jackson that year in 88 had 81 catches as a rookie. And until Zach Ertz is 116 catches in 2018, that was the Eagles franchise record for most receptions in a season. It was by a rookie tight end in 88.
1: I didn't know that at all. Honestly, I, I I could not have given you that fact if you would have given me a multiple choice question.
0: It was Randall Cunningham's only like really good weapon back then. Poor guy. Right. I mean, he had like what one or two years of Chris uh, Chris Carter, and then it was just Keith Jackson. So yeah, it was shout out Sean, Keith Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, nine hundred twelve yards in two thousand eight was the only rookie to ever surpass nine hundred yards. Let's go to special teams, Gino. The Eagles kicker that still owns the NFL record for most points as a rookie with 150. It was in the 2010s. And his 89% accuracy is sixth highest ever by a rookie. Alex Henry. Oh, close, man. (laughs) What? The Eagles have had two really damn good, historically good rookie kickers. There was another one in 2014. I'll give you a hint. Double. Oh, they did draft Cody (laughs) Parkey. It's kind of funny you mentioned Alex Henry, though. I thought about this. Those two had incredible rookie seasons for the Eagles, and then they just fell off the face of the earth. Like after David Akers, it's kind of the same thing with, right? Wouldn't you agree Jake Elliott's kind of the same thing since 2017? I mean, you were a big proponent last year of like, if you could get rid of Jake Elliott getting rid of him, but with that contract, it's kind of crazy. All these young kickers the Eagles, you know, take a chance on, they really hit instantly and then they fall off. It's happened three times now in a row, it seems.
1: Weren't both of their specialists that year named Henry and Henry, and they were both yeah, the spelled punter. differently? If I'm not yeah. mistaken,
0: uh, one was the punter was H E N R E Y, I think. Yes, but My Cody goodness. Parkey in 2014 owns the still the current NFL record for most points as a rookie with 150. He also helped. Wait, Eagles so that lineup.
1: question said rookie record, correct?
0: Yes, he owns so the. the record owns the NFL record because for I most don't think they drafted him. him, did they? No, I, I believe he was either undrafted. Did or, See, I was thinking simply draft.
1: That's why. But oh,
0: okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that's on. But yeah, Alexander is a fourth round pick, so I guess that it's like I an mean, SAT
1: question when they like trick that one thing and they're like yep. that throws the whole question off. Yeah.
0: All right, here's a question for you, number four. I've got one more for you too. True or false, the Eagles have never had a player win offensive or defensive rookie of the year. I have to say that's false. I would have said the same thing, man. It's apparently it's true. They have never had oh, a rookie of God. the year. The closest we've come in a while, dude. Don't you agree? Miles Sanders, I think, should have won it in 2019 over Josh Jacobs. Like the fact that he only got one vote is crazy to me.
1: I do too. I really do. I I I was gonna say that or Carson. No, man, I can't believe that.
0: Yeah, they've never had a rookie of the. I mean, Howie. It's not surprising, but in franchise history, do they haven't had one guy win
1: it? I was thinking beyond that because I was like, none of the recent guys have gotten it, but they've
0: had to have one. Sanders should have won it. He broke, in 2019, he broke the Eagles' scrimmage and rushing records. He led all rookies in scrimmage and all-purpose yards. He was top 10 in scrimmage yards in the entire league. He helped the Eagles get to the playoffs. He was so hot at the end of the season. Only four other running backs that year had at least 700 rushing yards and 500 receiving. And somehow, Kyler Murray gets votes because he's a quarterback. And then Josh Jacobs. But I can't believe Sanders only got one vote. He should have been Rookie of the Year last year.
1: He really did everything for that team, and you saw him fall off in the passing game, and it really just goes to show like how great and efficient he was that mm-hmm. year.
0: Here's one more thing I wanted to bring up to you. This was not a, a question, but it was more so another fact here. So we were talking about in segment one how the Eagles might move up from 12, maybe to 8, right? The Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. might want to move down from that pick. Howie Roseman loves to trade. I looked back from the last 12 drafts from the start of the 2010s, The Eagles have only picked in the spot that they were supposed to, based on standings, five times in the last 12 drafts. Like Mm -hmm. They've only stayed put 2011, taking Danny Watkins, staying put in 2013, taking Lane Johnson at four. They stayed put in 2015, and that was Chip Kelly taking Nelson Aguilar. And then last year, they stayed put for Jalen Rager. Outside of that, they have always moved up or down the board. So they've already done that this year again. And, Gino, if it happens a second time, I would not be surprised.
1: No, not at all. I mean, they're already hearing talks about it. We know four out of the last five teams in the top 10 want to trade out of there. So Mm -hmm. we're going to see things get moving around, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him have two trades in the first round this year, and we already saw one of
0: them. I would say looking at these, because they traded up for Brandon Graham in 2010. They went to 13 to get him. They traded up in 2012 for Fletcher Cox. Uh, They traded up for Carson Wentz. They traded up for Andre Dillard in 2019. Of those moves, the only flop trying to get up the board and get somebody so far, and again, the jury's still out, was Andre Dillard when you look at it. Brandon Graham worked. Fletcher Cox worked. Um, Wentz worked, in my mind, for what that the purpose of that move was. The things that didn't work were moving back, like taking Marcus Smith in 2014, I think that was. like mm-hmm. That was... That was pretty brutal. I have a story about that pick that's yeah, just go like ahead. unbelievable.
1: <laughs> go ahead. We're sitting there, and my old roommate – I might have told it on this show before, but my old college roommate was a Washington football team fan, and mm-hmm. we're sitting there, and the whole time, like the whole draft season, I'm talking up like wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. I wanted Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, essentially. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the draft goes on. Brandon Cooks gets picked, and he looks at me, and he goes, you know what that means? Those are going to take a linebacker. I look at him. I go, I will walk right out of this room when they take a <laughs> linebacker. Then they go and trade back. Then the pick comes in, and I hear a linebacker out of Louisville. Ugh. And I look at him. I hear the pick. I don't say a word to him. He's laughing in my face. I walked right out of the room. I needed to get a little fresh air after that, if you could imagine. That I was one think, of the worst selections ever in the NFL.
0: I don't think I've ever been – so unenthused by a pick because that that from the start even the Danny Watkins pick like I don't know I'm not gonna lie and act like I know a lot about offensive line play and like studying the prospects and really knowing what I'm looking for in a guard especially down the board but at the same time like I don't know offensive line Andy Reid knows what he's doing there Marcus Smith even I knew I remember because I did a mock draft that year where I had the Eagles taking him in the third round nobody in their right mind even moving down the board thought that Marcus Smith should be a first-round pick, and that guy didn't do literally anything. That might be the worst, I think, the worst pick in the last, I mean, especially if if for sure the last decade, maybe one of the worst ever, man. like That was Howie because Chip Kelly, actually, another story from that draft, Chip Kelly wanted to take Jordan Matthews with that pick instead of the second round, but Howie knew he'd be available down the board. So instead, they take Marcus Smith.
1: Yeah, that was always the one that people were like, we would have been happy taking Jordan Matthews, then Marcus yeah. Smith. And it's like, that almost happened. That literally was in an alternate reality. And there was an alternate reality where that happened. And probably the same one where Carson Winston his ACL. But yep. hey, that that's talk for another day. And that's talk for another reality. We're talking about our reality where we haven't hit on many positions that we have just talked about, which is very mm-hmm. sad. And you honestly made me very upset. Hearing that we didn't ever have a rookie of the year is somebody who loves the evaluation process that just yeah, comes right? me deep to the core.
0: That's the thing. Like we're draft rats on this show, and like, seriously, they've not. I mean, Miles Sanders again, probably two years ago, should have won it. But outside of that, I mean, even Carson Wentz blew up the first three games in 2016, but that should have definitely been Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott. So yeah, the Eagles have never had a rookie of the year. A lot of these. Uh, questions, I didn't know my Like, it was incredible doing this. It's kind of fun doing this research. And you look back at all these, like, rookies that performed or didn't, and it kind of just shows, especially for the Eagles, like, the draft is really hard, man, and there is no set blueprint or formula to really succeed. A lot of it's luck, and I don't want to discredit evaluating, but there a lot of it is you kind of just got to get lucky because you see just how hard it is to Hit on these picks. Gino is going to now put me to the test with some trivia to wrap up this edition of the show in segment three. So don't go anywhere, guys. This is locked on Eagles and it's sponsored by rock auto. Com. One reason to repair and to maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, while rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and reliably low. They're a family business that's been serving auto part customers online For 20 years, they have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Make sure you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Make sure you write down "Locked On" in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the show. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri getting into some Eagles draft trivia and facts that we're looking back throughout the history of this team and their draft classes. Some interesting stuff that we got into in segment two. Gino, you came up with five questions as well. And uh, let's see if uh, I can let's see what I can do with these ones.
1: All right, so four of them are eagle specific but mm-hmm. this fifth one here is about the NFL, and it's about the two positions that we've talked about arguably the most in oh, yeah. this draft period, and that's wide receiver and cornerback.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And since the year 2010, there has been either 30-plus wide receivers or 30-plus cornerbacks taken in all but one season. What is that season? I'll give you four choices. Was it A, 2016, mm-hmm. B, 2010, C, 2013, or D, 2019?
0: I think I'm going to be wrong on this one, but the minute, and it maybe is just based on how bad the draft class was in general, just across the board, I'm going to guess 2013.
1: As they say, Lou, if you don't know what to guess, guess C. And I think you put it together, that wasn't yep. the greatest draft class for either
0: of them i mean it was was a total guess man but it was just based on how bad 2013 was there were
1: 26 wide receivers taken in 2013 and then 29 cornerbacks taken in that class so just an overall bad draft all right i'm off to a good start all right since 2014 Mm -hmm. the eagles have doubled up at four positions in the draft two of which are cornerback and wide receiver as we know Name the other two. And if you want bonus points, name the year and the players that were taken.
0: Ooh, since twenty fourteen.
1: Yeah, I didn't make it too tough.
0: I'm gonna go it's oh linebacker course. last year, Davian yep. Taylor and Sean Bradley. Correct. Okay, that's one. How many do I how many are there? There's one more. I am stumped on the last one. What's the last one?
1: All right, you were cl- you said 2018, there weren't a lot of picks, but they were efficient in their picks. Matt oh, Pryor wait. played right tackle Yeah, he Matt came Pryor. out of TCU, and Jordan, and Jordan Maialata, Maialata, Maialata was drafted as a left tackle.
0: Yo, that was kind of a good, you had no picks, but you come away with Matt Pryor, Jordan Maialata, Jordan, or Josh Sweat, Dallas Goddard, even Avante Maddox, like for five picks, you did pretty well.
1: No, definitely. You got at least a little bit of playing time out of all of those guys, which is good. Unlike a lot of these classes, like that, what I think 20 back in Andy Reid's day, they had 13 picks, and I think more than half of them were out of the NFL within three years. You can't have that happen again. I'm glad you brought up quarterbacks because this is a quarterback one. Mm -hmm. You brought up first round quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So. Since 2007, the Eagles have drafted six quarterbacks outside of the first round. Mm. Name them. And if you can name all their years and their rounds, you'll get the super extra bonus (laughs) Camilleri mega points, which will award you absolutely nothing (laughs) for life, but it will be the success of this game.
0: Okay. I know 2007, Kevin Cobb in the second round. Correct. Let's get the easy ones out of the way. Nick Foles in the third round in 2012. Correct. Uh, Clayton Thorson, fifth round, 2019. Yep. God, that was such a bad pick. Jalen Hurts, second round, 53rd overall, unfortunately, last year. And you then, got it. Am I, how many more do I have left? You got two more. Two more? Since 2007? Oh, Mike Kafka. Yes, sir. Northwestern could not tell you the round. I'm going to guess round five.
1: Round four, do you know round what four.
0: year? Uh, 2011, the dream team year.
1: Incorrect. 2010. You were up oh, by one. Ongenre. I knew so I knew because one
0: more guy here. One I was more. thinking because Kafka came in and week two of it, the uh, dream team year against Atlanta uh, because Vince Young wasn't ready yet. So Vic got hurt and Kafka came in. But OK, 2010, 2000. So he's okay, so took Kafka was 2010. Foles was 2012. Oh, Matt Barkley. Fourth round 2013
1: bingo was his name you got it man that was pretty impressive i didn't know if you were going to remember the kafka one but i figured you would but clayton yeah. thorson i thought would just slip your mind with such a small draft class
0: i remember it because i'm upset that we didn't take darius slayton with that pick instead of mm-hmm. uh, clayton thorson so that's the reason i remember that unfortunately so Ugh. all right last one my friend
1: all right, this one is more of just kind of a joke question, but yeah. it is on brand with the Geno draft brand here. Mm-hmm. Outside of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, <laughs> there have been two other Eagles since the year 2000 Yeah, with hyphens in their name. Ooh. Who were those players? I will say none were in this last decade. They were both in the early 2000s.
0: Early 2000s? I got nothing.
1: You, you have no guess on either Hold of them. The I know you should get one.
0: Okay, so one was a well known player.
1: No, he was just uh, one player that we've talked about on the show a few times.
0: Oh. Yeah, man, I'm drawing a complete blank.
1: All right. So the two players, the first one, pay yeah. respects to Daniel Tionishim, who unfortunately oh my, passed away. Yes. No, two, I forgot to, about to, from the two thousand and ten draft. Yeah. And then one of my favorite players ever as an Eagle, Max Gene Gillis. Gillis? Damn it! I knew
0: both of those players. I'm disappointed in myself. I should have had both.
1: I thought that was a fun question that you That's might get. At like a bar <laughs> in in Central Philly one day. That's You're awesome. just sitting there in Center City, and you got to remember that question. Yeah. And you remember where you heard it.
0: Listeners, you guys got to use that one. That's that's a really good one. Max Jean Gillis and Daniel Teo Nessheim. Man, JJ <laughs> Arthur of Whiteside too. Three bad picks, though, my friend. Three bad picks. Let's <laughs> if no more you have hyphens a hyphen
1: in your name. Don't come to so so.
0: No uh, Vera Tucker this year. All right, let's uh, let's pass on which that. could happen. Which could I, happen. Oh, uh, man, don't. We'll find out. We have. Just one week remaining until the 2021 NFL Draft, eight days away from tomorrow. We've got podcasts up until that point, though, for you guys right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Lockdown Eagles. Hope you guys had fun with this trivia today. Also talking about maybe the Eagles moving up from 12 to 8, and then we'll be back tomorrow, Thursday and Friday as well. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Eagles on any podcast platform, and then follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, at gc 24 underscore football for my co-host Gino Camilleri I'm Lou DiBiase signing off as always thank you for downloading thank you for listening and let's go birds
1: fly Eagles fly